You are listening to a podcast from Classic City Church. We're glad you've joined us. Our services are held at 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings at 595 Prince Avenue in the Piedmont Sanctuary. For more information, please visit www.classiccity.org. This is a sermon from Pastor Lee Mason. If you have a Bible, hope you're in Philippians chapter 3. Let me remind you, we're going to be doing the eighth message of a series over the book of Philippians that we began, I bet it was in January. I can't remember that far back, but I think it was in January. And um, we are just hoping that if you can go online, if you haven't been able to keep up, uh, every message is on our podcast online. Just go to the website and you'll be able to to keep up and catch up. And today I'm just excited about this. And I want to uh, just, I'm going to take some time as we begin this message to get us back into remembering where we've been the last seven messages and just get kind of refamiliarize ourselves with Philippians and what Paul's thrust is uh, as he's writing this letter. Again, Paul, when he was writing this letter, was in jail. He had been in prison for preaching the gospel. He was in Rome. And uh, Timothy was with him and was sort of a scribe that would write this letter. And there was a guy named Epaphroditus who was a member of the Philippian church. And this church had taken up a really generous offering for Paul. It was a church that didn't have a lot of wealthy people. It was kind of poor. But he, uh, they took up a, an offering and brought it to him. Back in those days, if you were a prisoner, you were dependent on outside people to bring you money to, to buy food and to be able to survive or else you just would die in jail. So Paul got this gift. He was really excited about their love. He used their generosity to also buy food for other prisoners in jail. That made an impact on the Roman guard. We read about that in this letter. And so he's just really excited about these guys. Their, they, their love, their commitment to the gospel, their passion, the way they answered the challenge uh, of what he was going through. And he was just really, really grateful for him. And so he's writing this letter. And one of the things you can always do, it's kind of good to do when you're reading a letter from Paul, is to read the prayers that he prays. Because this will kind of tell you what's on his mind and what's in his heart, kind of give you some reason for what he's writing to these guys about, what his concerns are. And you'll see the threads of these prayers appear all throughout uh, the letter. For instance, in Philippians 1, verse 9 and 10, when Paul is uh, you know, beginning this letter, he prays a prayer uh, for the Philippians. And he says, man, I pray that your love would abound all the more, more and more. The love that you've shown me what you've done for me, I pray you do it for more and more. And this kind of, of acts would continue. But then he says, and I also want to pray that you grow in knowledge and depth of insight. I want you not only just to be loving, wonderful people, but I want you to learn what you believe. And I want you to have insight about it. Excuse me, I got a cough. <coughs> you want a clear room nowadays, just cough. Sorry about that. But he said, knowledge and depth of insight. The people are laughing in the background. Sorry. Um, and, and, and he goes on and he says that, that if we do this, we'll be able to discern what is best and be able to be pure and blameless in the day of Christ, being filled with the fruit of righteousness. And so this is Paul's thrust in this passage. I want you who are so committed, who are doing such wonderful things, passionate things, loving things, I want you to also learn more about what you believe. 
And I want you to, to have depth in your insight. I want you to understand why. I want you to be clear about what Christianity is, what we emphasize, why we do this. And so this is kind of the thrust of his letter. And you'll see Paul talk about mindsets all throughout this, this letter that he writes to him. If you look down and, and you continue to read after that prayer in verse 11 on down to verse 20, 21, what Paul begins to do in chapter 1 is talk about the importance of the gospel. He talks about how the gospel is prevailing despite being opposed and despite difficult circumstances. And he, in verse 20 and 21, he talks about how uh, he, he says that he knows in his own life he was facing death. He goes, I'm not going to be put to shame in any way or anything, but I'm going to have sufficient courage so that now, through, through my life, Christ will be exalted, whether, it's through, whether I die or whether I live, because to live is Christ, to die is gain. And Paul makes this real powerful, strong declaration of, of a mindset he had. And that mindset is that, that you and I need to have. It is that we have prevailing confidence. We have prevailing confidence in the power of the gospel and that it's, it's going to prevail. You know, as he goes on after this letter, he begins to talk about in, uh, serving and about being unified and loving one another. And as he gets to chapter 2, verse 5, he talks about you and I having the same mind that was in Christ Jesus. And that mind was the mind of a servant. Although he was God, although he was all-powerful and was a being of absolute privilege, instead of exercising those privileges for his own selfish gain, he, he thought about others, he laid his life down for others, and he was concerned about their well-being. And he, he has this phrase that kind of codified the mindset of Christ. He said, you consider others more important than yourself. And so we have a, a mindset of prevailing confidence. We need to have a mindset of prevailing selflessness to be servants, to lay our lives down for others. And then he goes on in chapter 3, in verse 3, he talks about another mindset. And he talks about how he put, although he was Jewish and although he was righteous and a great guy and had all these moral credentials, he says, look, I put no confidence in the flesh. I boast in Christ Jesus. And that mindset is a mindset of prevailing dependence. The word there for boast was often used in legal settings. And what that often was, was a, a word when you were making a legal case or a legal argument, you would sort of boasting would be, I rest my case. It meant this is the evidence. This is the reasoning. On this fact alone, I am resting my entire case and nothing else can match it. Nothing is, a, is equal to it. When we were young boys, we're all sports fans, and we would argue about who was the best player and who was the best team, and we would make these arguments with each other, and when we finished our argument, we would ask a question that was the defining question, and we would say, I rest my case. The young today might call it a mic drop. You just say, this solves the argument Nothing else needs to be said. And this is how Paul understood the cross of Christ. He said, it's the mic drop. It is the evidence on which I rest my case. I don't need to add any arguments, any evidence to it. And, and, it, and this is what needs to be in our life, a prevailing dependence on what God did through Christ on the cross. That and that alone, we rest the case for our salvation and our connection with God and to be understand that we have the favor and the grace of God upon our life. And as you go on in this letter, there's other things Paul talks about. He, he talks about having a prevailing esteem. 
In chapter 3, verse 8, he says, I count everything as loss. Everything is loss for the sake of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of everything. You know, and he talked about the, the knowing Christ was of surpassing worth. It was worth way more than everything else in the world. And there's this prevailing esteem we need to have that to know God and to know Christ is the most essential, important, meaningful thing in all of life, and nothing else matches up to it. I remember earlier this year, I was with a law student uh, who had become a Christian fairly in the, in the last few years, and he was telling me his testimony. And uh, one of the things he said in his testimony is very big, is that one morning, he just woke up after wrestling with spiritual issues and is reading his Bible and seeking God, and he just, he woke up and just said, I want to know God. And he told me the story how in his law classes, his law professors who had clerked for different Supreme Court justices, one of them was Judge Scalia. He said how he, Judge Scalia would uh, not want his uh, papers, his cases attached with a paper clip. He want, I mean, with a staple, he wanted them with a paper clip because he would go and read them by the lake. And he wanted to be able to, to look at them and, and not have the wind blow them away. And he was, he said, you know, he could, you can know every case he would decide on. You could know his writings. You could know his rulings. But to know that about him, he said, I wanted to know God like these guys knew Judge Scalia. I wanted to know him like that. And, and this is what Paul's saying. This, there, that is worth more than anything in your life to know God and to have this prevailing esteem of the value of a relationship. And the, the last mindset Paul talks about, the fifth one, is to have a prevailing passion. You know, and we read in the end of, of chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, how Paul likened knowing God and his pursuit of God as a runner stretching forth. You know, I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a track meet. I have. Uh, when you're running a track meet, you give everything. You, you, when you cross that finish line, you have nothing left. And Paul said, this is how I'm going to go after Christ. I want to seize what I've been seized for, what God has well, the reason God has me, the reason he saved me, I want to seize it. I want to experience it. I want to get all I can out of this. Our salvation requires no effort. But growing spiritually, Paul said, I want to put every effort into my relationship with God. So we see these mindsets that are, that are talked about in this, in this letter already, a prevailing confidence, a prevailing selflessness, you know, a prevailing passion a prevailing esteem of Christ, a prevailing dependence on what he's done. And so when he comes here to verse 15, he's continuing this thought, and he says, all of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only let us live up to what we've already attained. Now, one of the things that a lot of commentators who who have studied this letter very thoroughly and have studied the area and have studied Philippi talk about is that in this church, uh, there are probably people that had a lot of different opinions about things. And it was becoming an issue that, that people were very passionate about Christ, but they just had different issues and they had different opinions about things just like you and I can have. You know, we can have different theological emphasis. I may believe more strongly in this emphasis. You may believe more strongly in this emphasis. Somebody could be more 
charismatic and into the dynamics of the faith. Somebody can be more into the sacraments. Somebody can be more into theology. And you can have, you know, in our, in our way we live out our faith, somebody can be more moved by, by, by stopping abortion. Somebody can be more moved by poverty. Somebody by racial reconciliation. And one of the things we have to do is understand not everybody is going to feel as intensely as you are about everything. It's an amazing thing, but not all humans agree with us. Isn't that terrible? And, and Paul's saying, listen, if what a mature Christian does is they understand this. What a mature Christian understands is what really matters most, and they realize things that don't matter, it'll come out in the wash. God will make it clear to you. It will be pretty obvious. One of our uh, core values as a church is we believe that sound theology is clearly and proportionally biblical. We want to ask a question when we go after something or we believe something. Is this in the Bible? How much is it in the Bible? And what, what is everything the Bible says about it? And then we can decide how much emphasis uh, we put on a topic. And Paul's saying just be mature. Be mature. And he says live out what you've already attained. In other words, don't be so you know, sidetracked by these side issues. Think about the things I've taught you. Think about the things that, that, that are really weighty in your spiritual life and go after them. Attain to what you've already attained. And he, he goes on here as he continues his thought in verse 17. He says, join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. For as I often told you before and tell you again, even now, there are many who live as enemies of the of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. The God is their stomach and they glory in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Again, he's talking about our mindset and he goes, man, listen, follow me. Live like I'm living, live like the people around us are living because he says, there's a lot of people that pose as Christians that aren't. And, and he calls them, it's a, it's a, a powerful phrase, a, a, a terrifying phrase. He says these people are actually enemies of the cross of Christ. I mean, can you imagine that? There were Christians amongst them. There were Christians in circulating in and out of that community. And Paul looked at their lives, and he, and he was heartbroken. He cried over them. He said it's not going to turn out like they think. They are literally enemies of the cross of Christ. And he's saying, don't be influenced by that. Don't be influenced by people who are setting their minds and their hearts on earthly things. You know, there's a very challenging book I've told you about uh, named, by a guy named William Lovedale. It's called Losing My Religion. I always contrast it with the uh, book by Lee Strobel called The Case for Christ. Lee Strobel was an atheist who examined the facts, historic facts, about Jesus' resurrection. And he was so persuaded by the facts that he became a Christian. Well, the other guy, William Lobo, was a Christian who started reporting on Christians on, in, with the LA Times, and he started reporting on Christianity. And he got caught up into things like the, uh, he was asked to investigate the, the Catholic sex scandals. He was asked to investigate scandals that were happening over and over again against televangelists, where he saw people who had power and great wealth and the extravagance they were living with, and men who claimed to be Christians who were completely consumed with earthly things. And he saw their immoral lifestyle and their decadence, and he literally lost his faith over these guys. 
Paul's saying, man, don't get, don't get caught up with those guys. Don't let them influence you. Don't be like that. Don't set your mind on earthly things. And then he, he goes on here, and in verse 20, he says, Our citizenship is in heaven, and we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control will transform our lowly bodies so they will be like his glorious body. So Paul tells you and I, rather than sort of focus on earthly things, focus on the fact that we are, our citizenship is in heaven. And just like those Philippians were a Roman colony, they were basically a piece of Rome in this area called Macedonia. You and I are citizens of heaven. We are a piece of heaven for us in the city of Athens, Georgia. And he's saying, live like it. Live like it. Being those people needs to matter more to us than anything in the world. Demonstrating that, bringing about the culture of heaven, the, the, the emphasis of heaven, the, the life of heaven, the values of heaven to this earth is the single most important thing. It's what we should be living for. And he says, ultimately, what we're living for is this great day when our Savior, our King, God himself, Jesus Christ will come here to this earth and he will do something amazing. The resurrection we have experienced in our souls when we received him as Lord and Saviors, we will experience a resurrection in our own bodies and we will live for him and dwell with him forever. And this is our hope. So Paul's saying here, set your mind on the right things. Set your mind, as he said in this letter, have a prevailing confidence have a prevailing selflessness, have prevailing dependence on who he is and what he's done, have a prevailing esteem for the worth of a relationship with Christ, have a prevailing passion to be all God intends you to be, and do not get sidetracked with minor issues and minor disagreements. Do not get sidetracked with the carnality of people who say they're Christians, but they aren't, but eagerly await our glorious resurrection, which we'll experience when Jesus returns to the earth. What an awesome thing. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Christ. We thank you for the uh, mindset that you've laid out in this letter. Lord, help us to embrace it. Help us to live for it. Help us to prioritize these things. We pray that, that a prevailing confidence and a prevailing selflessness a prevailing esteem for Christ, a prevailing dependence on what he's done, and a prevailing passion for his name would prevail in our lives and sidetrack issues and, and the, the carnality of, of those that, that, are, that say they're Christians and aren't would not hinder us from pursuing your best and living our lives completely and fully for you. I pray you'd put this in our heart. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast from Classic City Church. We hope that together we can honor the greatness of Jesus by growing spiritually, living authentically, and participating in his purposes. For more information or more sermons from Classic City Church, please visit www.classiccity.org.